0: It's good to see you this morning on this rainy last Sunday in January. Does it feel like, does it feel like January has just flown by? Like it, it seems like just yesterday it was the first and we were thinking about the new year and everything that was going on. And so, um, man, it's hard to believe we're here on the 29th day of January. Good to see you. Um, if you're newer to us, um, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us today. Um, you can follow along with my notes on Loop if you have that on your phone. If not, you can uh, look on the screens and the TVs and it will be there as well. And uh, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17 together this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, whether you're on your phones or you have a Bible in your lap, turn there. Um, and let me just say this, just in case, if you ever need a Bible, if it's something that you need, you say, hey, I don't have a Bible, we'd love to supply you with one. Uh, get that in your hands, and uh, man, it, we, we all need that. We've been in the series, How to Win, in 2023 for the last four weeks, and today we're going to wrap it up, um, and we're going to talk about something that we don't normally talk about in church. Now, last week, we, we spent some time looking at the caution signs that can appear in our lives, that uh, that tell us, hey, don't go down this path, don't make this decision, watch out for these attitudes, watch out for this, watch out for that. We all have these caution signs in our life. The week before that, We spent some time asking ourselves, what's the story that we want to write with our lives? Because whether or not you believe it, whether or not you even agree with it, your life is writing a story and it will be told by someone, by your kids, by your siblings, by your parents, by your great grandkids, by your employees, by your boss. You are writing a story and what story do you want to write with your life? God would love to be the author of that story and would allow you to just, just, be impacted by him. So today we're going to talk about something that I said we don't normally speak about in church. And if you want to look at the person next to you when I say this, you can because that'll speak volumes about what's going on in your life. But today we're going to talk about fighting. Okay, just do this with make a fist for me, make a fist and smack it into your other hand. Yes, you guys surprisingly do that well. Um, we're going to talk about fighting for a few minutes this morning. In fact. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, fight the good fight for the true faith. And we're going to look at a super, super, super famous Bible story that even if you have never been to church before in your life, you're going to know the story, you're going to have heard it referenced. It's probably the most famous story in the Bible, certainly in the Old Testament. Um, and here's what I, here's what I don't want to have happen. Because some of you are going to hear what we're going to look at today, and you're immediately going to check out I want you just to to trust me and would you just dial in for a little bit this morning and um, even if you've heard this story a thousand times, if you've you've preached the story, if you've taught the story, it doesn't matter, would you just dial in and maybe we will learn something or hear something that we've never heard before and I I believe there could be some revelation and some truth from God's word that, that will impact your life and so... If you haven't figured it out between the clues of the most famous story in 1 Samuel 17, we are uh, talking about David and Goliath today. And I know some of you are like, I've heard this story a hundred times, Kevin. Um, But here's what I love about the Word of God. In fact, it says this in Hebrews that the Word of God is active and powerful and living. And so I I don't know about you, but I can read a verse and I can come to that verse a year later and it, it, it hits me in a different way. I can come a week later sometimes and it hits me a different way because God's word speaks to us no matter where we are at. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 17. David and Goliath, this is what's happening. Let me give you a little bit of the backstory. story. Um, you have the Israelites and you have the Philistines and they're fighting. And they're in this valley of Elah and that, that's where the battle is ready to take place. And on one hill you have the Philistines and on the other side you have the Israelites and they're just kind of hurling insults at each other at this point. There's no fighting that has happened. Um, and, but every single day, this giant Goliath comes down from the Philistine camp. And he just begins to taunt. And he begins to speak to. And he begins to challenge. And he begins to curse. And he begins to yell at the Israelites. Every single day. In fact, he did it twice a day. We're going to see that in a few minutes from God's word. But that, that's what happens. This was a nine feet tall um, giant that just would taunt. And this is how he's described in 1 Samuel 17. We're going to start in verse 5. It says, uh, he wore a bronze helmet and a coat of mail that weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leggings. I didn't know guys wore leggings, but they did then. And he slung a bronze javelin over his back. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. An armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a huge shield. Verse 8, this is what happens. He's described and this this is what he says to the people of Israel. Do you need a whole army to settle this? Choose someone to fight for you and I will represent the Philistines. We will settle this dispute in a single combat. If your man is able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Is there anything in your life right now? Or is there something in your life in the near future that is bigger than you? Maybe it's a health diagnosis. Um, maybe it's something with your family. Maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's your finances. But you have something in your life that's bigger than you. Maybe because of the choices that you've made and it brought you to this point. Or maybe it, you had, it had nothing to do with your Choices. You didn't create the situation. You didn't make it appear. It just appeared, and now you have to deal with it, but it's bigger than you. It feels like it taunts you all the time. It feels like it speaks uh, words that you don't want to hear with it. Is there a giant in your life? And let me just share with you this, and this should be good news for us today. If there is a giant in your life right now, That you're getting ready to battle, that you're getting ready to face, that you're taking head on, that's down in the valley looking up at you on the hill and, and taunting you and messing with you and calling you names. If there is a giant in your life, you are a candidate for the power of God to move. So that, and this is why, so that you and I don't get the credit for winning the battle. I, I don't know if you recognize this or realize this all throughout worship today. We were singing songs about God fighting our battle, God going before us. The battle is his, it's not ours. That wasn't by accident, that was intentional because of what we're talking about today. That if you have a giant, if you have something in your life that just it feels bigger than you, it feels stronger than you, you're not sure how to take it on, you're not sure how to deal with it. If that's where you're at today, be encouraged because there's a God who's greater than that. There's a God whose power is stronger than that. There's a God that knows how to win the battle, even when we don't. And so that's kind of where we're at today. That's what we're talking about. And sometimes these, these things that appear in our life, um, they, they mock us. They taunt us. They like to remind us how weak we are in comparison to whatever they are, how strong they are. And in, in our minds, these things become larger than life. And we're like, I don't know how I'm going to face this. I don't know how I'm going to walk through this. I don't know how I'm going to defeat this. One of the things that we see in Scripture in this passage is that, uh, and I don't think this is by accident, it says that Goliath came down into the valley and he did it twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. So it wasn't just he showed up in the middle of the day and said, ha, 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 you Israelites, you're cowards. Send someone to fight me. Your God is Nothing. He did it twice today, the morning and in the evening. What happens in our life is that when there's a giant that we're facing, when there's something out of our control, out of our hands, we don't know how to face it, we don't know how to win the war. When something like that appears in our life, this is the struggle. The fear that we feel will paralyze us and we won't be able to move. We'll just kind of be stuck. Have you ever been there before? You just feel stuck because what you heard from the doctor doesn't make sense and you have no idea what to do. You feel stuck because your marriage is hanging on by a thread and you don't know how to fix it and you don't know where to go and you're not even sure where to turn. You feel stuck because what you see coming in financially each month doesn't match up to what the bills say and you're like, God, you promised to take care of all my needs according to your riches and glory and I need you to do this, but I don't see how this is going to happen. And God, I've, even, I've been faithful to you in managing my finances. This isn't what this is about. But let me just, let me just say this to you. If, if you're not doing what you need to in, in giving God first in your finances, don't expect them to come through and take care of you. And that's kind of harsh. But, but I, I, I've seen lots of followers of Jesus through the years say, well, why isn't God taking care of my needs? And, and you begin to unpack that and walk w- through them with that. And they're like, well, we don't, we don't tithe. We don't give. Don't don't expect him to turn around and come through. And he might. He might in his grace and his mercy. And we've been there. I, I've gotten so many things that I don't deserve in my life because of God's grace and his mercy. Aren't you thankful for that? But let me let me just just say that. What, whatever it may be, it, it can mock us, it can, it haunts us in our mind, and we think about it. The Goliaths make you want to quit before the battle even starts. And the common denominator is this fear that we feel we feel stuck. We feel like we can't move forward. We're just not exactly sure what to do. We're not ex- exactly sure where to turn. And it's like, oh, my goodness, what, what is going on here? I, I want to read kind of a long quote to you from a book. Um, and so I, I don't want you to miss what, what's said in here. This is from uh, author C.S. Lewis. He was an author and theologian. Um, probably you're most familiar with him. He wrote uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and some, some books like that. But he, he wrote a lot of things about theology and uh, this, is from a, this is a section from a book that he wrote, and what he was talking about was the paralyzing fear of the atomic bomb, which had just been introduced. And so this is, this is what he says, and this is, this is a quote. It says, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age, I am tempted to reply. Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London, almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed as you are already living in an age of cancer, in an age of syphilis, in an age of paralysis, in an age of air raids, in an age of railway accidents, in an age of motor accidents. He goes on and says this, in other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, You and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented. And quite a high percentage of us are going to die in unpleasant ways. Isn't this encouraging today? Uh, He goes on and says, we had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is a perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. And he goes on, this is the last paragraph, and this is what I want us to hear today. I want you to hear, no matter where you're at or what's going on in your life. It says, this is the first point to be made and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, Let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, a microbe can do that, but they need not dominate our minds. I, I believe the reason that the enemy, why Goliath appeared not only just once a day, but twice a day, morning and evening, is because it was a constant in the Israelites' minds, what are we going to do? And when you have a giant that's weighing heavily in your life, in a relationship, in, in your finances, maybe in a spiritual sense, um, with your career, it weighs on your mind morning, noon, and night. It's there, and we can't seem to shake it. And here's the issue with Saul. And we looked at Saul last week. We looked at the the caution signs in Saul's life that he didn't pay attention to, that we need to pay attention to to not end up in a situation we don't want to. But Saul was the king. He had been appointed by God. He had been ordained by God to lead this group of people. And this wasn't just any group of people. This was God's chosen people. This was the children of Israel. These are the ones that God had made covenant with. He said, I'm going to be your God, and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to to do all that I can for you. But every single day, twice a day, Saul listens to this giant belittle him, belittle Israel, curse Yahweh time and time and time again, and all Saul could focus in on. All that he could fixate his mind on was the worst case scenario. Goliath is gonna beat whoever I send down there and we're gonna be slaves to the Philistines for the foreseeable future. Because there's no way this giant is gonna be defeated. And this is the king talking. This is the leader talking. In fact, David shows up on the scene His father had sent him, his older brothers were in the Israeli army and his father sends him to his brothers with some food and just to kind of get a report on what's going on in this war. And David shows up and scholars believe this, scholars believe that he was somewhere between 11 and 13 years old. Now, I need you to do something with me today. Would you just picture in your mind an 11 to 13 year old that you know? Just get that, get that, get that individual, boy or girl, doesn't matter, in your mind. And just picture them walking up to the king of a nation, who last week we learned was, should have been on People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive because he was, he was the most attractive man ever and he, he was taller from his shoulders on up than anyone else around in those days. Powerful. He, I mean, he, talking about Goliath, Saul was probably pretty tall. And here comes this 11, 12, 13-year-old boy. Who comes just strolling into camp to do what his father asked. And he hears this giant taunting and cursing God and mocking the Israelites. In 1 Samuel 17, 26, this is what it says. It says, then David spoke to the men who were standing by him, saying, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this... Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? It's like David's saying, what I'm, I know I'm a kid. I'm a shepherd. I'm not a soldier. I herd sheep. I don't fight battles. But come on, what are we doing here? What's happening here? Why why are we allowing this giant to mock us, to taunt us? Why are you all shaking in your boots? Why is nothing being done? God is on our side, not his side. And if you're like me, when giants appear in our lives, they feel bigger than life. It feels insurmountable. It it doesn't seem like it's going to, how are we going to get past this point? How am I going to make it to next week or next month or next year? We sometimes forget that just like Israel, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are in covenant with God. We have this covenant relationship with him if you're a follower of Jesus. We we have been adopted into the family of God. And we are in covenant with an almighty God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, can choose to do what he wants to at any time. See, Saul had forgotten the king, the leader. He had forgotten his rights as, as someone as a part of Israel he had forgotten that God was on his side, not on the Philistine side, even though it looked bleak. John 16, Jesus says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you From the evil one. Do you know that the same protection that that we read about in the New Testament was what the Israelites had in the old? But they would forget that, and Saul forgot his rights. Man, but when we're facing a giant, we forget our rights as well, because that giant's coming against our family, or our business, or our health, or our future, or our relationship. We forget the promises of God all throughout scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, of of the covenant relationship that we have with him. If you're here today and you're facing a giant regarding your health, let me just remind you of of what Psalm 91.16 says, I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. If you're struggling with your purpose, Exodus 9.16, but I have spared you for a purpose to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. So this is all happening. You have David, you have Saul, nothing's being done. Verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17 says this. There is no way you can go against the Philistine. You're only a boy. This This is Saul speaking to David. You're only a boy and he has been in the army since he was a boy. Bible tells us this that for forty days, Goliath marched into that valley and taunted and made fun of and challenged the people of Israel. And Saul did nothing. Saul didn't look at his list of warriors and say, "Well, I think he might be able to beat him. Saul didn't take on that mantle himself as king as leader powerless for 40 days and here comes this young boy into his midst. He's like well, why are we just sitting around? Why why are we just listening to this guy taunt us and mock our god, mock the living god. Doesn't he realize what he's doing? This is a 12-year-old. This is a 13-year-old boy. Crisis in our lives doesn't really make a person, it reveals who we are. It reveals what's inside of us, what we really believe and how we really see the world. And David was like, I, I can't believe this is happening. He's not coming against me. He, he's not coming against our nation. He's coming against the living God. Why are we just sitting by and letting that happen? Sometimes, sometimes we forget that. In the midst of the battle, in the midst of the frustration, in the midst of the wondering, how am I going to get past this? How am I going to make it to next week? We forget that we serve the Almighty God who's in control, who's watching out for us. When we're facing a crisis on the outside, it requires some conviction in here. Verse 34 of, of 1 Samuel, it says, David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do this again, or I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from the Philistine. When we face a giant, one of the most powerful things that we can do is to look back on the past victories that we've experienced from God. Because somewhere along the line, we, for, we, we, we listen to the taunting that comes morning and evening and we forget about what's happened in the past. But we need to remember God, you've been faithful to me. I remember faithfulness in this situation, you walked with me through it. You walked with my family through it. God, I I know that that you will will do that again. Your faithfulness, your mercies are new every morning. Your faithfulness is great. I'm sure that you've been in some battles before, and God was faithful then, and I promise you that he will be faithful now. And what does that look like, and how is that going to happen? I can't speak to that for sure. But I know that my faith is Built up when I remember God. I remember what happened in the past, and I remember what you did, and I remember who you are, and I remember the the power that you have and the trust that I have in you. And so we pick the story back up in 1 Samuel 17, verse 41. And it says this: It says, Goliath walked out toward David with the shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David, that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I will give you your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. This is a giant yelling at a 12-year-old. Cursing a 12-year-old. And listen to how David replies. "Uh, Excuse me, Mr. Giant. Um, now I think maybe God can do something about this situation. and that, that's, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that David shouted in reply. You come to me with sword, spear, javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today, Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and he's yelling this to the giant, and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel, and everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people. It is his battle, not ours. The Lord will give you to us. And then David just drops the mic. Right? I mean, I'm done. It says he shouted back. To Goliath. When you're facing a giant, being a, be aggressive in your attack. This is, this is what we do too many times. We're facing a battle. We just kind of get down. Oh, I don't know if I can face this. We, we expect to face the giant and, and we just kind of go, I guess it's going to happen. Says David shouted this reply to Goliath. I, I, I've read this story a bunch of times. I don't know that I've ever noticed that he shouted a reply to the giant until studying for this series in this particular week. Half-hearted attacks don't take out Goliath. When I, when I was uh, six years old, I played Pee-wee football, and this was, you know. This wasn't flag football. This is before they knew all the dangers that could happen with kids and concussions and everything else. And so we fold pads, shoulder pads, hip pads, knee pads. I mean, just the whole deal, helmet. And so it, the funny piece was, and I, I was a skinny, skinny, skinny little boy, but I was fairly fast. And so the coach would line me up. I, this, is, this is peewee football, so you get to play offense and defense. And, and I, I, would, I would play wide out, and then I would play defensive end. And all the coach wanted us to do was, was to go get the quarterback who ever had the ball. And he, he, he didn't care what that looked like. He didn't care ha, how that happened. And I remember this. This is, you know, gosh, this is over 40 years ago. And I remember him yelling to this day. And, and he had a kind of a southern accent. But we lived in northern Virginia, which really isn't the south. But, it's, you know, anyway, he had the southern accent. And he would say, get a little fire in you. And he'd yell it to us. I'm a six-year-old boy. That scared me. One, I like, I had needed translation to what he said. But he used to yell to, to us, and get a little fire and you, get that ball. And he would yell and, yell and scream. And, um, and I, I, I think back to that, to that story, and I, I think sometimes God looks at us and says the same thing when we're facing a giant. Get some boldness about you. Not because you have all the answers not because you can do it in your own strength not because you have human superability of power but you serve a living almighty all-powerful God who can take care of no matter how big the giant is we've been blessed with so much and I, I read this and I don't I can't give credit to who I should be able to give credit to because I didn't mark it but I really believe this, and, and this is what this 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 pastor said. He said, "Blessings, and we've been blessed. Blessings either make you grateful, or they make you weak. We we either because here's what we when we are blessed so much, a lot of times we think it's because of us, and we begin to buy into our own ability to take care of everything and handle everything and do everything and conquer everything and face every giant, and we can do it on our own. And God, I don't need you, and if I do need you, I'll call you in, but I don't really." They either make us grateful or they make us weak. And so this is this is how the story ends, and we know how the story ends. Even if you haven't been in church a whole lot, you know how the story ends. But this, I want to read this scripture, and then we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to face some giants uh, today. But this is what it says in 1 Samuel 17. And maybe this morning, um, maybe this morning as I read this, you you could close your eyes, because I, I want you to hear these words maybe in a different way than you've heard them before. First Samuel 17, verse 48 to 52 says, as Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it from his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled over and fell face downward to the ground, So David triumphed over the Philistine giant with only a stone and a sling. And since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill the giant and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the Israelites gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines. And right there in those four or five verses... Probably one of the the most famous Bible story or one of the most famous Bible stories that people outside of the church, outside of the Christian world know. People know the idea of David versus Goliath. It's a metaphor that's played all over sports and politics and business, all different arenas and areas. People know it. And then it it, it it was a miracle this 12- or 13-year-old boy could kill this giant. But don't misunderstand the story. It was God moving on David and the Israelites' behalf to take care of the giant. David had to be brave. He had to stand up. He had to take an incredible step of faith. I mean, he didn't just sit back and go, okay, okay God, do it. No, he, he, he was the one that actually marched down into the valley of Elah and faced this giant. He was the one that, that, that got there. But the, the power to make it happen and the end result was ultimately up to God. And so I want you just to close your eyes with me this morning And I, I, I know this, and, and I recognize this, that there may be some people in here today that you're facing some giants in your life. And um, man, I man, I know that's that's hard. It's, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. It doesn't, uh, we, we question and we wonder and we go, I, I, I don't know why I'm dealing with this or why this is happening, but in the midst of all those questions, in the midst of all that, know that there's The living, almighty, all-powerful God is working on your behalf. But Let's be aggressive. Let's attack it in boldness, not because we have all the answers, but because we serve the God that does. And let's watch the victory come, and I don't know how it's going to come, and I don't know when it's going to come, and I don't know all the details that God's going to do, but I know his faithfulness to us is great. And so, um, at this time, I'm just going to ask um, those that serve as our elders if they'd make their way to the front, and um, with their spouses, if the spouses are available. And and here's what we're going to do: and we're going to spend a few more minutes before we dismiss. Um, I, I I want you to know that there's one, that there's a God that loves you and cares about you and is for you and wants to fight your battles and, and wants to work in your life and accomplish all that he will do in you and through you. But he, here's, here's the reality of this. We, we believe in prayer. We believe that prayer makes a difference. We believe the, the recognition of, God, I don't have this. You have this. God, I need you to work on my behalf. That can make a huge difference. And so you're going to hear Mickey just, just playing um, during this time. We're going to be praying for, for people. And if you have any type of need in your life, whether it's a giant or whether it's something that you would go, well, it's not a giant, but it's still a need. You have a need in your life that you say, God, I need you to work and move and make a difference on my behalf. If that's where you're at today, um, in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to come forward and find one of these couples or individuals. Uh, they, you may not know them. You may know them, but know this, that they, they love and trust God and believe in, in what he can accomplish and who he is. And so we, we would love to pray with you about those things. And then secondly, there's this. If, if you say, hey, I'm not where I need to be spiritually. I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Christ, and I need to make a change for that. I want to start that relationship. I need to renew that relationship. Any of these individuals would be incredible people to talk to about that. But um, here, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like us just to stand. And, and would you just be respectful for the next five to ten minutes? Um, and I want to stand just so that people are, uh, have ease of motion. And, and so I want to just invite you at this time, if you need prayer for anything, if you need God to move, if you need God to work, if you need his, his mighty hand like David and the Israelites did, or if it's something you say, well, it's not a giant, Kevin, but it is a need that I have, would you just come forward in these next few moments, allow any of these couples or individuals to pray with you, and let's believe God for what only he can do in our lives and watch him work on our behalf. As he did for David. mystery. Would you do something with me just right now where you're at? Um, Just put a hand up. Let's let's go to the Lord together. Heavenly Father, we we recognize you as um, the one who's in control of our lives. And, um, God, we know you've given us free will. and You've given us opportunity to make choices and decisions. Um, But, God, we, we know ultimately you are in control. And we're so thankful and grateful for that. And, God, when, when, when we face things that come against us, when we face giants when, that mock us, that, that torture us, that overtake our thinking and our mindset and what our mind focuses in on, God, would, would, would you allow your peace just to reign in our hearts and our minds as we focus on Jesus Christ? God, thank you that your, your word is filled with stories of regular men and women they they weren't supernatural they weren't superheroes they were they were people just like us in this room god they trusted you and they leaned on you and sometimes they got it right and other times they didn't get it right but god these examples were all throughout scripture so that so that we can we can have a track record and see god your faithfulness your promises to your word we can look in our own lives we can look in scripture we can look in history and see it lord and we're so grateful and thankful for that And God, would that that help us when we're facing a battle, when we're facing a challenge, when we're facing something that seems insurmountable? God, that you would step in and do what only you can and that our trust would be in you, that we would be bold, that we would remember the past and what you've done and we'd step forward in boldness and in faith because we trust you, because we can lean on you and because we can depend on you. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for working on our behalf. Thank you for moving on our behalf. Thank you for answering needs today in this place. God, thank you for your presence in this place today as we've worshipped you and as we've listened to your word. And I pray right now that, God, that you will just move forward with us today and throughout this week. And that, um, God, that our relationship with you would would be growing and would be something that brings excitement and hope and peace into our lives. God, we love you, and we just thank you for who you are and for all that you've done. And we ask all these things right now in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is so faithful to us, and he is so good, and I hope you get to experience that goodness and that faithfulness throughout this upcoming week. Um, If you have things that you want to let us know about, need to communicate with us, Loop is a great way to do that. If you have that on your phone, If not, you can always um, email us. You can go to our website. You can go to our Facebook page and and communicate that way. God bless you. Have an amazing, amazing Sunday. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you.